the good, the bad, and the ugly part about having a powerful reputation and street credibility. The good, some of the most dangerous criminals will not go against you or your people due to their fear of what you may do to them and their loved one. The bad, when you are that dangerous in fear, the opposition that is on your level will send a whole army at you to ensure that you do not escape death. The ugly, every unsolved murder that is unsolved in New York City will be blamed on you. From June 1987 until November 1988, NYPD accused me of having one murder a week. They made me the number one suspect in the 1988 death execution style of NYPD rookie Edward Burns. 30 years ago, Friday, February 26, 1988, approximately 9.30 a.m., I was awakened by the sound from my beeper. Beep, beep, beep. It was going off nonstop. As I pick up the beeper, I see the number, and I see the code 911 at the end, meaning it's emergency. I recognize the number as being Miguel. Miguel was the owner Dominican guy of this bodega store on something Boulevard and 109th Avenue in South Jamaica Queens this is one of many a mean bug out who is my partner it was one of our spots a bodega store is a mini grocery store that sells just about everything from pampers to grocery canned goods liquor no no not liquor beer everything you name it they sold it it was like a mini grocery store and supermarket in the very back of that store was a solid steel door that the customer would go to the back they'll look around and they'll make sure the coast was clear before they slide their money through the slot and retrieve their drugs when I finally called Miguel back keep in mind Miguel had a very heavy accent and he talked fast he was telling me that cop was everywhere I had to tell Miguel slow down and to repeat what he was saying in order to make sense of the words that was coming across the phone line once I understood what he was saying I was trying to ease his worry by telling him Miguel don't worry about it this is normal you know because once again when a cop suspect or see a possible drug buy, what they're gonna do is they're gonna hit that spot, stay there for like 15 to 20 minutes, cause heat, and eventually they'll get another call that was of higher priority and they will leave. So I hung up with Miguel and I'm listening to the radio. And at that time, on the radio, you hear in the words, we interrupt this program to bring you a live update from South Jamaica, Queens, of the executioner-style murder of NYPD rookie police officer Edward Burns. Aw, oh, shit. What the hell just happened? After listening to that, I ran to the living room to turn on the news. As I turn on TV, and I see it, over 100 cops and detectives at the crime scene. 
107 in Inwood, and you see the police car in the crime scene, they was taped up with the yellow crime scene tape. News reporter was everywhere from every news station and radio station. They was live on a set conducting interview, seeking information on who, what, and why, and how did a senseless murder occur. I was in total shock. I couldn't believe it. I was confused. But because nothing in that area on that magnitude took place without me knowing about it. So I was somewhat relieved because that move didn't come from our organization. That was the reason that Miguel's store was being raided. By 10.15 a.m., I received a call from my partner, Bug Out. He gave me the rundown on how hot that area was. He said, South Jamaica, Queens is on fire. The street is so hot that you can light a cigarette off the ground. He spoke about the different law enforcement agency that he witnessed that was out there from the U.S. Marshal, FBI, DEA, ATF, and the newly formed NYPD TNT was raiding and shutting down all known drug locations in all five boroughs, especially Queens. I told Bug Out, listen, it was too hot. I'm going to stay in Brooklyn at my Cypress Hill headquarters until nightfall before I even attempt to leave the house. Shortly after I hung out with Bug Out, Pappy Mason called me with cat girlfriend Lynn on the other line. Pat was letting me know that at 4.30 a.m., a group, a small army of correction officer, heavily armed with SWAT gear, bulletproof vests, machine guns, escorted Cat out of his cell at Brooklyn House of Detention, shackled him down, and took him out of the facility, destination unknown. Lynn stated she called all the New York City jail and several New York State correctional facilities seeking to locate the whereabouts of Cat. And it was to no avail. We all was worrying. Where the hell is Cat? What's going on? I told Pat to don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. But I was glad that he was incarcerated at the time. Because if he was not, he surely would have been their number one suspect in the death of Edward Burns. Not knowing at the time, I, Brian Glaze Gibbs, was their number one suspect. Pat replied by saying, I was right. They definitely would have pointed the finger at him. He ended the phone conversation by saying, in a time like these, we all need to stick together like family. And he used it and ended with his famous phrase, one love. At the end of that conversation, based on Pappy behavior, he had me totally convinced that the hit on Edward Burns didn't come from us. All day long, my pager was going off. My phone was ringing. Guys that was incarcerated in both jail and prison was calling me to see what the hell was going on in Queens. And the folks in the street, other hustlers, they wanted to know if our crew was involved in the death of the rookie police officer. Because killing a cop is bad for business all the way around the board. Every nationality from the Italians to the blacks to the Jamaican to the Puerto Rican to the Cuban the Dominican did shatter the direct effect on it. That move right there caused it the war on drug all across the United States and it went overboard and it went into the international area. 
And my answer was the only answer that I knew to be true at the time. No, we did not have nothing to do with the hit on the cop. Approximately 10 p.m., I left Brooklyn and headed to Queens. As I'm driving to Queens and looking all around, you can see you know, cops present all over the place. As I arrived to my location, I went into the house and gathered with the group and listened to everyone speaking and talking about what they think happened, who they thought was possible, you know, was behind it. I was trying to come up with the answer to the million dollar question, who and why they execute that cop. As I listened to everyone in the room, it was my turn to speak. I stated, whatever group is responsible for that hit, did it in order to bring heat into our area because our area was a gold mine. It was making so much money. And they did it so all the heat going to be in our area and they figure like in different section of Queens we're going to flourish. And I told them once I find out who was the guilty cupid that was responsible for that move, I will personally kill each and every one of them. The meeting ended and we all went outside. As I'm preparing to leave, I was pulled to the side by one of the guys. And this guy took the time and he was telling me, yo, I have something to tell you. I'm like, what? He said, yo, that hit came from us. I said, come on, man. Don't bullshit me. Get the fuck out of here. He said, listen, I'm telling you, it came from us. Pappy gave the order. That shit floored me. I am confused. Why in the hell would this motherfucker order a move like that? Keep in mind, we got a group in effect called the round table. Something of that magnitude would have came to us and everybody would have talked about it and voted on that. And guess what? Everybody would have voted against that. So to me, that whole move, I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand it. I didn't want to believe it. You know, I just stood there in shock, you know, like in the days. And right now I just told man, you know what? Get the hell out of here and keep a low key. I went and met up with Bug Out to check out, you know, saying how bad our situation was, how many people got arrested, how many people we got to bail out, how much money did we lost, how much cash, how much drugs, how many guns from the raid. You know, as I'm talking to Bug Out and trying to analyze everything in the back of my mind, I was constantly thinking about what, you know, one of the guys just told me. And even as I'm leaving Queens, driving back to Brooklyn, it's like reality set in that this was the beginning to the end. The life that we once knew or the organization that I was once responsible or part of was all coming to an end.